Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Esther chapter 3, I want to read verse 5, and then I will jump to verse 8, and we will read verses 8 through 12. I have a little bit of a unique assignment today, and I hope that you will stay with me. I, I, um, I sure don't want to bore you today. I, well, I probably should say I never want to bore you. Um, not always successful with that. But I will tell you, I think God wants to help some people in the house today. And when Haman saw, well, here it is, Pastor Lopez, right out of the gate. What do we want to call him? Do we want to call him Mordecai or Mordecai? What, what, no. If you're a Mordecai person, please raise your hand. You like to say Mordecai. If you like to say Mordecai, please raise your hand. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Lopez. I think they... He said, y'all have a right to be wrong. So, (laughs) when Haman saw that Mordecai, I'm going with the abundance, bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Please notice, he wasn't mad that he didn't bow before the king. He was mad that he didn't bow before him. It is always that what I would call evil influence when you want kingdom credibility. You see it. You see, if you would allow me the parallel, what seems the reflection of evil in Haman, and we can prove it, from the Old Testament that there was. He is the result of sin that should have died. Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, or Xerxes as some would say or read, there is a certain people, verse 8, scattered abroad, dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. Where, where, where do you have to be mentally, spiritually? emotionally to so easily speak those words let it be written that they may be destroyed and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have charge of the business to bring it to the king's treasuries and the king took his ring from his hand in a weak moment gave it to Haman the son of Hamadatha the Agagite the Jews' enemy. 
How many know that Agag should have never lived? He was let to live when Saul was meant to destroy everything. You let a little sin live, it'll find you later. You, you keep one pack in the bottom drawer, they'll call your name later. You leave one bottle hidden under the sink. You got to be careful because it will, it will catch up with you. And the king said unto Haman, verse 11, the silver's given to thee, the people also. Do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month. And there was written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers of every people of every province according to the writing thereof. Every people after their language in the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. To be careful who you give authority to. You have to be careful that that you don't let people enact things without you getting the full context. I want to I want to preach from this. To, this is my thought today because this is the thought I'm hearing a lot in our world right now and I want to address it from this book as I feel so prompted. Where is God in all of this? If you've ever heard that question, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to wave. Where is God? Wars and rumors of wars. Sickness, debilitating disease, trials and tragedies. Where is God in all of this? Lord, we love you. I pray that you'd help me today that I might preach with wisdom. There's a little bit of a heaviness in this room today, God. I don't know if you've, if you've divinely designed that or if that is... Uh, something that's trying to settle on your people, but I'm asking this intentionally in front of your children. By the time we leave here, let our confidence be lifted. Let our heads be lifted. Let our spirits be encouraged. We ask it in the mighty, in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. It is a tragic tale, if you please, seemingly that written of heroism, for it would forever capture words that we would use and utilize in and out of context. We would grab them, we would hold to them, we would cling to them. Those words would, in fact, become the words that would help set tones for meetings and gatherings, for churches, for young ladies' events. Entire movements have grabbed 
and held and clinged to a set of words that would be hidden within this particular book. When a cousin would look at a young lady who has found her way into the favor of the king and would ask this question, who knows? Maybe you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. The question to us as believers, some more tenured than others, would be what is this time? Brother Benson, what is this time? This time when Mordecai and Esther find themselves in a polytheistic culture, this Persian empire, this influence of multiple religions, the confluence of worship. All types of gods have been called upon and are being referenced. It is a tragedy, if you please, today. It is a dire circumstance, and yet the worst of it has not yet been seen, for it's not simply the death of her parents. It's not simply that she is isolated and alone, but there is a very foul environment that is at play in the book of Esther. And if we are not careful, we read its heroism without the actuality of what's occurring. The start of the book is a drunken stupor. It's a party that goes too far. It's drinking that is excessive. It's a king that cannot function because the level with which he drinks. He gets drunk and tries to impress his friends. And we find that he calls for a queen by the name of Vashti that would, she will not come to his presence. And, 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 and if we're not careful, we skip over this waiting because we know the end of the story. We know that this hero that is supposed to come in the form of Esther. But I would start at the very beginning and tell you we better pick up the truth right here from this seemingly godless king that drunk men cannot run their homes well. Intoxication with the world will always lead you into a place where you cannot, you cannot lead your home, much less what else you're supposed to govern. You'll end up having people close to you who will work their agendas through you. You'll end up having kingdoms where every God can be worshipped except for the one truth. And he has gotten to a place where partying is the norm and drinking is the norm. And he is now living a life and a lifestyle where his execution of judgment is based more on the opinions of the other princes that look upon him. He was less concerned about the heart of his spouse than he was the opinions of his friends. That's Wednesday night teaching, sorry. And here, here comes the decision. We ought to get Vashti out of this place because if Vashti is allowed, she will, she will set the example. Who knows before long? Every woman in the... <laughs> King, there won't be one of them that listen anymore. None of them will come to our presence when we say come. None of them will be obedient and 
And there is a decree that is made and Vashti is sentenced to exile away from the king because of her denial to come before him. And I, I, I've got to tell you, that's not what this story is about. This story is about the reality that, 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 that there, is a, there is a girl, a young Jewish girl, that is meant to become a part of the answer. There is a... A queen that needs to be found. And yet when we read the pages and we don't read it through the hero side of the story, but we read it in the way that it's set up. How many know that, 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 that we'd have to be careful? Now, we don't have any young children in here today, but, but how many know that if we were really telling the process of what's going to take place, we have to be very guarded with how, how Esther lays out. It's not a godly thing. It's not a, it's not a godly scenario. It's not, it's not something that it seems as though the Lord is setting up. But, but a king who has a polytheistic culture is established and allowing the voices of ungodly people to determine what should happen. And there would be young virgins brought in unto him. And they would spend some 12 months in preparation. Six months with oil and myrrh. Six months with sweet perfumes they would be prepared before they would ever be brought before the king in fact Esther herself the Bible says has to endure this same type of regimen and she spends six months with the oil of myrrh and six months with the sweet perfumes until she ever walks in unto him and, and because we know and I keep saying it intentionally the end of the story when she walks in and she finds favor in the presence of the king we find ourselves through our western lens sitting back and clapping and saying, whoa, Esther has found favor. But if we're not careful, we miss the tragedy to find some little. Bear with me for a minute. She finds the favor of the king. But she is related to someone who knows the truth about exile and knows the truth about execution. Knows the truth about what has happened to her people. And even though we have no long dialogue about what occurs to the family of Esther, it's, it's obvious that there has been tragedy in this. Mordecai gets the opportunity there at the king's gate while two men are talking and hears that there is an assassination plan against the king. And it is, it is his opportunity to so save the life of the king that it is written in the Chronicles, that same book of Chronicles that would later be read to him. And, and it would become part of this play and part of this plan. But Mordecai has something inside of him. Mordecai, Mordecai, I'll go back and forth to make everybody happy. Since the topic's so heavy, I'll lighten it with his name. <laughs> but Haman is not someone he's going to bow to. Some of you remember a message that I preached about those three Hebrew boys one time not bowing. Last time I preached about Esther, we were in the gymnasium and I had some cards printed out. I don't know if anybody would remember that. We talked about the things that But when Haman walked up, he expected everyone to bow. But Mordecai, he, he had something inside of him that thought, I'll never bow to this Agagite. It's not who I am. I reverence God. You might take me out of my country, but you can't take me out of my belief. Whew. 
You might put me in a foreign world with Persian influence and the worship of many gods, but I know who my God is. And I would remind us here on this Sunday morning from the balcony to the lower level, from the left to the right, that if you'll remember who your God is, even if you lose your way, and even if I believe biblically I can prove, and I, I, I don't know that Esther and, and, and her cousin, I, I don't know that they're in the best place spiritually, and I know they're not in the best place physically or geographically, but I do know this, there was still enough left that he said, I'm not bowing to you. And it would be the chain reaction of his refusal to bow that sends Haman into a tirade. Listen, you need to know that just trying to keep the peace, you better be careful what you bow to trying to keep the peace. We better be careful who we bow before trying to keep the peace. You better be careful what you say is okay. Ooh, I feel a burden. I'm reaching for somebody's home right now. Be careful what you bow in front of. Be careful when she brings him home and you don't want to fight with her so you act like he's fine. Oh yeah, I'm going to do it. He brings her home and you know she don't have the Holy Ghost. It's hidden up under statements like, is she in church? And she says, well, she goes to a church. Oh, I felt that resistance. Now, all you do is make me want to preach. When <laughs> We cannot afford to bow trying to keep peace when the peace is ungodly. I would even ask the question, is it peace at all? when there is a multiplicity of gods being worshipped. And anything goes as long as Jehovah is not worshipped. Because for most of us that have been raised in the church, you're about to hear something you've maybe never even considered before. While many of you maybe have, for many of you that have been raised in the church, you may be shocked to know that the entire book of Esther never mentions God one time. You won't find Jehovah hidden anywhere within its pages, regardless of what some certain writers have tried to find in hidden words and reach back to ancient texts. You read that King James Version, you're not going to find Jehovah. You're not going to find God. I'll take it one more. You read that entire book right there that we love and that we honor and we believe is canon, and you can't even find prayer. And so here we are in a devastating situation where Haman comes before King Ahasuerus and says, there's a people you know, they're different than us. They don't bow to what we bow to. They don't live the way we live. And they're scattered all over the place. We know that it would be the, the exile that's caused this. The, 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 the dispersing of the Jews has, has put them into a place, and here we are. It is the influence of this hatred that becomes the very utterance of genocide thoughts. And, and he says, I need you to give me permission. We need to wipe them out because these people are against what we're for. They are anti who we are. And the truth was their only difference was these people were the people of God. And Haman 
Agagite that should have died, that should have never existed, that should have never had breath in his lungs. He should have never been the offspring. But when it's not, I come back to this, when it's not taken care of early, it finds its breath later. And it finds its word later. How is it? And I've heard people say, well, God will keep them from getting to those places. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen that way. Because time and time and time and time and time again, we watch evil people get into great places of leadership. How many's ever seen it to be so? I'm not making a general statement about, or, or a certain statement about anyone individually, but I'm talking a general statement. You look through the pages of history and you will find people that had sinful motives make their way to the most elite levels of leadership. And then they work their agenda, whether they themselves are the leader or they are close enough to bend the ear of the leader. We can look in our very recent history, even in our American culture, and see this being done. It is the peddling of sin. It is the work of antichrist. And I don't care what anyone says. It is the work and the influence of antichrist. And Haman is working against them. And it seems so blasé, if you please. It seems, it seems so easy. It seems like, like the king is too busy to even listen to what he's saying. And all that he hears is about the silver. How do you hear the silver louder than the death of the people? But when the wrong people get your ear, you hear what they want you to hear. Are you with me? Am I okay? Are you just hang with me? And it seems so simple that his king, is, his ring is enacted and, and the statement is given and the proclamation is there and you know it to be so. And the next thing we see, there is, there is work amongst the governors and the lieutenants and the, the scribes have made it so and it's going to be published in the city. And the very next frame of the scene is Mordecai. He's out there in the open court and, and, he, and he's torn his garment. He's sackcloth and he's ashes and he's weeping. Because even though he is disconnected from his people, he is connected to his people. That's why you can never get into a place that you don't care if their church fails as long as ours doesn't. It is not us against them. There are the people of God and there are the people of the world. I'm going to preach that. There are people that want to live for him. And there are people that don't. And it is, our, it is our New Testament mandate. It is, in fact, our commission called the Great Commission that we go and we, and we compel them. And our commission is to disciple them, to teach them. We understand that. But in, 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 in this moment, Haman's asked for death and the king has allowed it. And Mordecai's in the street. Here he is, he's crying, he's pleading, he's seeking. And what does, what does our, newfound, our newfound queen do? She says, get up. We don't act like that. You get word to him, we don't act like that. We, 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 we go to a good church now. Everything is professional here. Esther, you know, they... They worship all these gods. But there's peace. You know, anything goes in their homes, but there's peace. 
whose peace? When it's Haman's peace, it's a problem. When it's a polytheistic peace, it's a problem. Are you with me? Are you okay? Next thing we see is that question. Who knows but what you haven't been brought to the kingdom such a time. I know some of you have heard it since you were a kid. Some of you have heard it. You grew up in the church. But I want to ask you today, and if it somehow could be possible, I, like, I would like for you to hear it like you've never heard it for now. For the context of right here and right now, please. Who knows? But what you haven't been placed in the kingdom for such Yeah, but what, are the, what about the state of our political climate? For such a time as this. Yeah, but the agendas that have hit our city and the, and the things that have been boarded up and you know the, the market out there for such a time as this. Esther says, I can't even go. I, I, don't you know how this book started? What happened is that there was a, a call for the queen and she wouldn't go. Well, it's just as bad if I go and wasn't called. But we know that she goes in before him and she does in fact find favor for that golden scepter. Whew. That golden scepter is extended. The golden scepter is extended to her and she finds favor. How many remember the king's words? Let me get a little crowd participation. How many king, the, the king's words were up to half the kingdom. The bride had more authority than the bride thought she had. There's a reference that's there. There's a type that's hidden there. That unless you come before the king, how will you know? Woo. Unless you're willing. We would preach it later in the New Testament a different way. That we would come boldly before the throne of Christ. She gets that favor and she calls for a banquet. There's two banquets in Oh, I've wondered, I've thought about it. In fact, one time I was preaching about it and I said, I imagine Haman spitting his mashed potatoes. When she said, somebody's trying to kill my people. And the king said, oh, and she went. <laughs> it's this wicked Haman. Let me preach this for one moment. Since I preached a little bit easy about not bowing, I want to tell you the flip side of this. The flip side of bowing, the flip side of giving in is not just not bowing. It's also naming. It's identifying. At some point, I've got to I just identify the destroyer. I got to call sin, sin. Would you make this journey with me right now? At some point, I got to say, Haman is the problem. 
At some point, you got to identify what it is that's trying to speak destruction into your life. At some point, you might have to say, Facebook is the problem. Maybe not for everybody, but for me. I'm going to go while I'm going. It might be that Instagram is your problem. It might be that TikTok is your problem. I know I'm just on social media. Don't worry, I'm going to take this trail just a little ways. It might be the influence of your peers, the fact that you think you can just go to happy hour but not drink. And it, I'm already in it. I might as well go. I wish somebody would tell me, go ahead. I wish somebody would tell me, go ahead. It might be that we are coddling sin in 2024 and acting like it doesn't matter in the modern day church. But we're at, we are called to be holy now like we were called to be holy then. We are called to be separate now like we were called to be separate then. And if we're going to get this victory, we got to call Haman what he is. He is an agagite. He is the destroyer of the brethren. He is the executor of the whip. He wants to destroy God's people. Haman is the very example of sin. And I will tell you that there is no excuse to let sin live silent while its only desire is to steal and to kill and to destroy. You better hear pastor right now. If you let sin live silent in your home, he'll kill your kids. He'll destroy your marriage. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He'll come after your mind, and he won't let go until he's got all of it. He'll come after your spirit, and he won't let go until he's got all of it. He'll come after your tongue, and he won't let go until he's got all of it. And you'll be, you'll be like the cousin laying in the floor, weeping over it all. We don't need that. We don't need to be distressed. We need to square our shoulders and say, wait a minute. we got a position with the king. We've got a position with the king. Haman, you're the problem. I wish somebody would just realize you know what the problem is. Sin is the problem. Sin has got to go. How many know that, that Haman had those gallows? He had those gallows prepared. He thought he was going to have, he thought he was going to have the Jews even there killed. Listen, it's a bad day when you're being led to the gallows you designed for somebody else. I know history doesn't record it in such a way we get to, so you got to use your mind to picture the look on his face. But the Bible does tell us as the people of God that he can take every wayward tongue against us and every evil thing established against us. I feel like it's a good time for God to turn back on the devil's head some of the things that he has tried to set against our families. Yes, some of the disease and some of the sickness and some of the turmoil and some of the trouble, some of the situations. Some of you are, listen, some of you are living with a Haman that when you walk into your house, he's got his legs crossed and his... He got his feet kicked up. He's drinking your soda, eating your chips. Now, I'm being a little bit sick. He's comfortable in your house. And it's time for somebody to take your coat off, walk in your house, and say, it's been long enough. Somebody needs to get in your house and plead the blood and get Haman out of your house. Somebody needs to get in your house and say, I'm fighting for my home. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven right now. 
Amen. Get out of my house. Amen, get out of my head. Amen, get out of my heart. Amen, I'm not accepting your fear. Amen, I'm not accepting your letter. I'm not accepting your agenda. I'm not accepting your decree. I'm not accepting your lying tongue. I'm not accepting that you're killing my babies. I'm not accepting that you're destroying my family. I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting. Here we are. (laughs) Chapter after chapter. Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Jehovah! Until you see Haman's corpse on that gallow, you, where's God? Because regardless of how good he might be, Mordecai's not God. And regardless of how strong she might have been and the fact of her selection, Esther is not God. So be careful when you say, I want to be like Esther. Our goal is not to be like Peter. Our goal is not to be like Paul. Our goal is not to be like James. Our God is not to be our goal is not to be like Esther. It's not Our goal is to be like him. To be like him. To be like him. To be like him. Where is God, and for the next moment or so, I want to somehow say out loud what has been echoing off the inner chambers of the souls and the minds of some of the people, not only in this room, but in this very city that I am called to help reach. Where is God in all of this? Where is God in Haman's decree? Where is God in the, in the casting away? Where is God in a drunken king? Where is God in the replacement of a queen? Where is God in the genocide of a people? Where is God in the dispersing of the Jews? Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? And I have come to preach to you. Sometimes, if the book of Esther teaches us anything, it teaches us sometimes you can only see God through his people when they can't see God they ought to see him in us when they can't hear God they ought to hear him in us when they can't feel God they got to feel him through when they can't watch God they got to watch him through Where's God in this sickness? I'll tell you where he is. He's found in the resolute determination of a saint of God that says whether he heals me. (laughs) Brother Scott, thank you. I hope I can say this publicly. I appreciate the opportunity. He helped me work this. I got to stand this Monday and pray over all the senators in session downtown Indianapolis, but I I didn't pray for them to help themselves. 
And I didn't pray one time that they would think I was intellectual. I prayed, God, help us. Give us the wisdom we need to make the decisions we have to make, not that honor us. That honor you. Say, wait a minute, God, God, God can be found in there. Yeah, he can through the fact that in spite of an evil decree, in spite of an evil work by the man named Haman, God is able to take what some would call divine providence and bring it to pass and bring it into a place that in spite of it all, even though separated from the body, if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to do what's right, you can do what's right. So that everyone would know, wait a minute, I thought the Jews were dying. What happened here? I'll tell you what happened. There was one of God's children. There was one of God's children, had a little influence. Here's what I thank God for. I thank God that even though Haman had the, had the ear of the king, that Mordecai had the ear of Esther. While Haman was in the ear of the king, she had a cousin that said, you never know. You never know. It might be for such. Esther, what's the worst that could happen? Because if we don't do something, everybody. I, 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 I'm not sure what will happen if I stand because, you know, I feel like I'm standing alone. I want to tell you, you're not standing alone. All of God's people are standing with you. You're not standing. This might seem a little odd to somebody, but I want to take a moment before I close this service and I want to tell every person that comes here without family that you are not without family when you come to this church. You, even though your husband might not come, your wife might not come, maybe you're a single and you come with no family, no parents, no home. You are not without family. You do not stand alone. You do not come here without love and without family. I want you to hear me. If you're asking yourself, where is God in all all of this, I want you to look around and know that God is in every bit of this. He's here with you. He's loving on you. He's Come on, church body, do you believe that? That if they come here without family, they got family in you. They, they might find a father or a mother or a friend or brother or sister. Stand with me. Where is God in all of this? The report has been served, and I know I, I gave you the Cliff Notes version of a message last week and told you who I am before the report has to be who I am after the report. And I, I, I'm from one report to the next. Last week in Daniel, this week in Esther, I'm, I'm in this right now. I'm in this place. When I said that question, where is God in all of this? Some of you thought I haven't thought that while others of you felt chills up and down your spine because it's where the devil has you looking. You go to church and they sing about him, but you don't feel him. For some in this room, you watch people walk out with their, with their family 
And while they're smiling, you're trying to put a smile on, you feel the cold, dark sting of loneliness. Pastor, are you playing to emotions? I'm playing to accusations that have been found in the form of a question. Where is God? To which I cannot ask, I cannot ask Esther right now. Her day is long come and gone, and I'm thankful, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we have this story. But I cannot ask Esther today if she will stand for her people. That was already done. But I can't ask the members of this church, will you stand? Will you stand for what God wants to do in this house? Pastor, I don't understand. This was about the Jews that have been carried away. If I, How many know that if we just tried to get the prodigals that have been carried away in this? I don't know if you've ever ran this ran the numbers or not, but we'd have to run five services on prodigals alone. Had someone whose voice I trust with all, everything I have, sister ranking every, everything I have inside of me, had someone I trust called me last week and said, I believe that there is about to be a mass exodus from the world of prodigals. said, I believe the Lord has given me a direct word that they're about to become so discomfited with the things of the world. Haman has served a death sentence against our brothers, our sisters, our parents, our families, And we've tried not to show it. Tried not to talk about it. But the fact that they're lost keeps a little bit of us dead too. Esther, what's the problem? Haman's the problem. Pastor, what's the problem? Sin's lies are the problem. You said ask anything. You said agree. You said touch it. You said ask in your name. So I'm standing as raw as I know how in front of the people that you've called me to lead and I'm calling on the name of Jesus Christ. I'm calling for children. I'm calling for siblings. I'm calling for spouses that the enemy has spoke destruction over them.
If you're wondering where's God in all of this, he's about to be found right here in the prayers of his people. I'm asking God's people. Not, not polytheistic thinkers. Not worldly influenced people. I'm asking for God's children to pray right now. Whether you come to the altar or make an altar in your pew, I'm asking for God's people to pray. Save the people! Come on, I know you've cried before. Mordecai was crying in the street. Sometimes the first set of tears, the first set of prayers doesn't seem like it's doing anything, but I'm telling you, God is at work. God is at work. Come on, I want somebody take advantage. Take advantage of the golden scepter of the king, not the king Asuerus. No, 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 the king of kings. The king of kings is saying, come before me. Ask what you will in my name. Lord, it's not your will that any should perish. It's not your will that any should be lost. Uh,
Jesus. Jesus. Come on, go ahead. It's all right. I know you've been a little bit nervous. Say their name out loud. Pray for that family. by offense help us to love right if they were injured because of some tragic situation somebody to accept that and tell the Lord I'm going to stay the path for those that could not hear said I know the thoughts that you've been having within yourself but they are not right against you he knows the path that he's laid for you God we're not going to give up on your promises Feel like somebody needs to pray that right now. I'm not going to give up on your promises, God. I'm not going to cash in your promise for Haman's report. I'm not going to do it. to speak destruction. Destruction over our lives, destruction over our families, destruction over the people of God. But Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly.
We find it in repentance. We find it in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We find it in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We find it in the power of His Spirit that allows us to be great witnesses. Anyone under the sound of my voice that's not yet repented, you've got to repent. Anyone under the sound of my voice that's never been buried in Jesus' name in baptism, you've got to be Anyone that's never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is a gift. It is a gift. And it's for you and for your children and all that are afar off. They're just going to play a little bit. Those that are praying, you pray as long as you want to pray. Those that feel fulfilled, you're able to slip out at whatever time you're done here today. It's a little different dismissal, but some need to pray in a different way. And just in case you're thinking, well, I don't really have anyone close to me that's a prodigal. It seems important to remember that when Esther stands, her, her family's already perished. She's standing on behalf of those that have a chance still. They have a chance still. So let it be in the heartbeat of our prayers.